Hey everybody, I am Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. I'm so excited to be here with one of my friends, Sophia Hilton. She is an incredible salon owner, mentor. She's elevating the beauty industry. She's a social media expert. She's an amazing leader and educator. And we're here today on the podcast. We only have 40 minutes. I wanted to spend like 10 hours with her. But today we're going to do a get to know Sophia Hilton, where you can just get to know her. If you don't know her already, you guys have to follow her. I've been following her forever and just have loved watching her journey. She's super authentic. She's real. She's a badass and I totally connect with her. So I'm just so excited to bring her here on the podcast and share her with you guys if you don't know her already. So welcome, Sophia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Gina. I'm really excited to be here. I love you. You know that. And this is just going to be so easy, right? Oh yeah. It's so easy. So I really just wanted to, um, we, we've been talking about collaborating for so long and today is just such a fun day. We just did a live chat and mastermind. It was about an hour long, a beautiful interview. So if you're in mastermind, make sure you check that out under our new tab mastermind mentors so that you can get to know Sophia. She was, um, we were amazing with just a, a great conversation for leadership, for growth, for marketing, everything for balance. If that exists, um, all of those things. And it's just a great, um, thing to follow up this podcast with. So if you're in mastermind, check it out. You're going to freaking love it. And for everybody else listening here on the podcast, if you're not familiar with Sophia, we're going to just start by just getting to know her. Sophia, I'd love for you to just share your story. You can go back as far as you want. And I'd love to just hop in and different areas. And I'd love to just like have a candid open conversation about who you are, what you do, why you do it and share with them anything you have going on. So take it away. Tell us about you. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your business and and let's get it going. So, oh gosh, yeah. Where do we start at the very start? Um, I was very creative in school, um, but I'm dyslexic. So I really struggle with like spelling and writing and stuff like that. But I definitely had academic ability and it was really quite challenging because it was like, I definitely was academic, but I couldn't quite write what I wanted. And I certainly couldn't spell. Um, I worked so hard at school. Um, basically what happened is to go right right back is i accidentally got put in the bottom sets for everything when i went to high school oh or college i think i don't know what you call it there but like 11 when i was 11 right and it was the roughest school in my whole area like it was I, it was such a poor area where i where i was from and because i was in the bottom set i was with the naughtiest kids i was with like just really really challenging children and all I wanted was to get out of that class, right? That was my main ambition. It was like, I don't want to be with those kids. And like I said, I had academic ability, but my writing was really struggled. And all I, all I did for the next three years from like 11 or three years after that was work my ass off to get out of those bottom sets because I hated it so much. Kids were throwing chairs and I just, I had nothing in common with these kids. They didn't want to learn. And I, I, I think what I learned at that, that very first part at school, I think this was my first lesson that, you know, your ability doesn't have to limit you for a start. Like you can work harder than anyone and you can get out of there wherever there is. 
Um, and just like, just time and dedication can, can move anything. Um, and I, yeah, I worked my way through high school um, and I got really badly bullied, like tragically, but we'll not go there. And I didn't want to do hairdressing, you know, it looks so, my mom's a hairdresser, my nan's a hairdresser, my aunt's a hairdresser, my cousin's a hairdresser, like there's nine of us. Like we're like, I'm like- Oh my God, really? Yeah, like they're just everywhere. That's but so cool. Yeah, but it wasn't, it was not inspiring. <laughs> it was like my mom, and maybe she once loved it, but not when I was growing up, you know, like she, she was putting food on the table. Like when I told her I might want to be a hairdresser, she was like, well, it'll put food on the table. And I'm like, that's just not the most inspiring reason why I want to be a hairdresser. And I'd already started to achieve quite well, knowing that if you just work your bollocks off, regardless of what's going on, like you, you can do it. Anyway, um, I went to college first and I did business and fashion, which is so funny because I dropped out of college to do hairdressing with, and I hate to say the dumb kids, but I'm going to say it because that's what gets said, right? Oh my God, what are you doing? And I ended up working in business and fashion, <laughs> like right back there, you know? And I got so like, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this. I got the same thing. Like a lot of people being like, oh my God, why are you doing hairdressing? Like you could do better than that, which is really sad. Um, but they were wrong, 100%. <laughs> so I uh, got my basic qualification and then I head off to the city, hey, like, and um, I was just saying to you guys in Mastermind, like I joined an incredible company. But you know what was really funny? When I finally got to the city, when I got qualified as a hairdresser, I'd been working in a few salons, when I finally got to the big London, I actually got offered jobs all over London. Um, I'll make you a stylist, I'll make you a senior stylist at 20 years old, what the hell, even in London. And then there was this one salon that was like, uh, well, we're gonna have to strip you down and start you again. Like they didn't think that I was good enough by a long shot. And out of all the job opportunities I went for, I went for that one, you know, because I didn't come to London to find someone that thought I was awesome. I had loads of those in my hometown. I came to London to find someone that didn't think I was good enough, who could make me good enough, you know? So um, yeah, I basically did seven years working under this person and I worked incredibly hard. She is, uh, she is the current British hairdresser of the year three times in a row. Um, a massive female figure in our industry, Sally Brooks. Um, but she's not an easy person to work for. She is a bulldozer, like she is challenging. But my God, like that's what I came for. <laughs> People well, I think it's important to talk about that because I, I totally agree. I'm the stylist I am because of that tough critique, not because someone was holding me like a baby. Yeah, and I'm not saying I always loved it and I'm not saying I didn't go home in tears or go home and annoyed or angry or whatever, but you know what I did? I just came back to work the next day, dug my heels in. I wanted those opportunities and I was willing to work for whatever and do whatever. And I, I remember even like naughtily, like when I first started there and I didn't really have anything to give, like, you know, my skill set really wasn't there. And I'd go in the office and I'd be like, are you going to take so-and-so on that job? Like to Florida or whatever? Um, take me, you don't have to pay me, you know? Like I was trying to undercut people. Like I was like, I don't care. I don't need the money. I don't need the time. Give me the opportunity. So uh, yeah, I traveled the world with her. I had, an, uh, I must admit, looking back, like what an amazing young career and got taught really well and then launched my own company. And that's what you guys, you guys that might know me will know me for. Not Another Salon became 
oh my God, everyone likes to say an overnight success wasn't overnight for me. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> I'm like, that's mm, so true. It took me 15 years to be an overnight success, you know, but. Oh, that's a good post. It took me 15 years to be an overnight success. Did you already I post did. that? I did, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I felt like I heard it or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I could hop in, you know, I, I love that you were talking about from the beginning of this conversation that, you know, you were dyslexic and you had like those challenges and struggles. And I remember you posting, I follow you, Viv, I follow you actively. So I remember the other day you posted like something about like you write a caption and like your spelling you were just like annoyed not annoyed but you were just like just because it's not perfect doesn't mean it doesn't have value and basically like you know the, those moments from our lives where we had to overcome something whatever those moments are like reading that I felt like I was just like damn so many people need to read that because you know I work with someone who's super self-conscious of her spelling and I'm just like it's okay you just have to check over it you know what I mean and and I always encourage her to check but like so I know that that is such a a struggle for so many people and to see, hear you talk about it and to hear you talk about your struggles, it gives people hope and it makes people feel less alone. And I remember reading that and I'd be, I was just like, I love her. And, you know, I think that with social media being relatable and connecting and sharing your truth as much as you can, I think that that really, um, it makes a huge impact. So I love that you share that here. And I, and hearing that story, it made me connect to that post. And I was like, Oh, I was like, that makes so much sense. And I just think I get to know you even more. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and you, you know, the, the difference is when I was an early educator, I had, if I had a, like a whiteboard or something and I, I would, I would not really write in, um, in words. I'd do a lot of shapes and like really avoid the words. And now I'm like, Hey, so how do you spell blah, blah, blah. And I just make the whole class spell it for me together. Like I, I'm like, and I feel like every time I do that in class, I make someone feel comfortable. So it's so worth it to put myself out there and, and be like, yeah, I can't do this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no, I totally get it. Like sometimes if, if somebody else is talking and I'm teaching or if I hear something in the background, I just, I'm like, my brain can't compute. Like yeah. I can't, like I, like I have a really hard time with focus too. And there's like these little moments of like vulnerability that we share that help us connect. And I, I just love to hear that. Um, I love your story. I love that you look for that tough critique and I, and in mastermind, we were talking about how, like what you see isn't really an, it's not an accident. We work very hard to achieve and to be able to live the life that we live, whether it's as a business owner, whether it's with the freedom and flexibility or the success we have as educators like those things didn't happen overnight. It took me 15 years to be an overnight success. I love that quote. And um, it's so important to challenge yourself. Like you might find the perfect opportunity, but if it's too easy, you know, it, it might not be what you need. And, and looking for that tough critique in those mentors who aren't afraid to just tell you like it is bluntly, like that's, I feel like that's the biggest gift I can give a me uh, someone who's mentoring with me, an assistant, somebody working with me. It's the greatest gift I can give someone by kindly keeping it fucking real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like um, in my education now, like I, I run a really big education academy. We, I mean, I personally teach 60 courses a year. I was until everything happened. Um, and the, the, the academy ran about another hundred. I mean, it was just crazy how many we're teaching. But I believe that when I'm educating people, because I don't know your level of sensitivity, and I don't know how um, personally damaged you may be from certain topics or how 
your um what's that word that I'm losing now um, the trauma or yeah um, anything like that because like, I just don't know your story like it's really hard for me to come in and be like not good enough not good enough not good enough because I don't know like what's happened to you in the lead up to coming to my class like you might have not been on the class for 10 years as the first class you've ever been and then the next thing I'm like coming down hard on you and I don't want to do that to you so I'm a little bit like kinder and like doo -doo -doo, you know when I'm training I'm like come on babe let's do this again let's do it again let's do it again but like, you know, when you've got someone you've been working with for six months and you're like, you can do better than that. Like, come on, like, and it's okay to have a down day, like a shit day where you don't feel good because the next day your mentor is gonna be there to pick you back up and start again. But when you're educating just for one day, you can't really leave people with the down. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Cause that's not fair, is it? So yeah, from a mentor, It's a, it's a delicate balance. Out. As an educator, it's an, it's a balance as an, sorry, sorry to cut you off. It's an educator balance. Cause you know, I've gotten feedback that I'm too harsh and mm -hmm. it's in the moment. And it's like, I want to get straight to the point and make sure that I'm not bullshitting you. And I want to make sure you get, like, you know, uh, that Rihanna song, this is what you came for. Like, I literally <laughs> like, I'm just like, okay, well, I want to make sure you get it. So yeah. like, and, and I have to even balance my delivery as an educator. Cause I'm a newer, I've been educating for like five to seven years, but that's still, we're still learning. It's like being mm -hmm. a stylist for five to seven years. You still got a long way to go. And, um, but that tough critique and that honesty and being able to delicately balance it is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember training with an assistant just last year and I'd been really friendly with her and like really built her up because I knew that she needed it. But like on the like the sixth week, I was like, I've been too nice to you now. Like now, now I got to come down on you. Like I built you up. Great. You feel great, but that's enough now. Like I now when now shit gets hard, you know, and you just, you just got to kind of like flow, haven't you? Between the two. Yeah. My mentor was pretty tough on me and I appreciate it. I would go home crying sometimes and um, it was her eye contact. It was the way that she she could look at me and it would be a thousand words. <laughs> yeah, and it was scary. <laughs> and I, you know, my people that I trained, you know, I did the same thing. I followed in the yeah. footsteps of what I was taught. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I did when I was training, and maybe we can talk about this a little bit, because I'd love to just talk about your salon and your success mm -hmm. and, and training. And, you know, a lot of salon owners listen, a lot of people who want to be salon owners and training and retention and getting people in the door and, and really like, you know, building a business with employees is difficult. Um, one of the biggest things is coaching in the moment, coaching yeah. right away. Like when you see something, say something and, and work on that delivery with kindness, it's rough, but it will literally keep people on their toes mm. and make sure that you're not waiting until a week later to dump everything on them all at once. You know, if you notice something for an entire week and you don't say anything, and then you dump on them 40 different things that they could have done better. I love to, in the moment, just be like, Hey, remember we do it this way. Hey, remember, like, you know, I heard my, my new girl, she, I heard her walk in the back room. It was like 9am. It was like when all the clients were coming in. So she's like, Oh, Brian, your clients here, Sam, your clients here, Jody, your clients here. And I said, Hey, here we get the guest name and we say, Brian, Sarah's here, Jody, Courtney's mm -hmm. here. 
it, we say the guest name because it's adding massive value to the stylist because they don't have to check the phone for the name and it makes the guests feel connected. And it was right in the moment. It was just right there. In fr- and it, it, I didn't do it on a public scene. You know, I just said, hey, I just want to share with you, like, this is how we do it here. Um, and this is why. And she was like, thank you, because nobody wants to be messing up and people want to do a good job, you know. But if I sit down with her a week later or 10 days later and I'm like, okay, well, these are all the things you're doing wrong. I feel like being a present leader is super important. So when you see something, say something, but make sure it's kind. What advice would you give or, or can you build upon that in, in any way with your leadership and behind the chair yeah, and training? All that? What I'm thinking is, um, you know, I, I think you've heard me say this before on Clubhouse. I feel like my line recently is the mistake I've made in the past. Like this is my like line. I feel like I use it all the time because everything I have is based on a mistake I made, right? Um, uh, oh my God, now my brain has just come fried. Okay, um, it's about, yeah, I hear what you're saying about in the moment, um, but I think that didn't work. For, the only time that didn't work for me is one, when it's more of a reprimand, like when it's actually like, tell, not telling someone off, but like, if it's a, oh, don't forget to, that's okay. If it's like a, why did you do this? It's like obviously different. Totally, totally. Um, but one of the things I found is like picking people up on stuff when I was less present is not a good thing. So if you're quite an absent salon owner, maybe you have a manager, maybe you're in and out, you work part-time, whatever you do, and you pop in and you notice that the teaspoons have tea stain on them, you know? I remember one day walking to my salon being like, oh my God, I can't believe my teaspoons look like this. Are we Like, I can't believe not a single person in 17 people in this building has, has noticed that our teaspoons are black. Like it was disgusting. So I'm up to the girls, I'm like, guys, like, you know, you know, you've got to get these in bleach, like this, you know, whatever. I didn't say anything out. It wasn't shouting. It wasn't anything, whatever. But I remember that, that I don't know if it was maybe fed back to me later of like how disheartening it was that I hadn't actually caught them doing anything good for such a long period of time. And although the teaspoons really mattered, it didn't matter as much as how I really made them feel in that moment, you know? Yes. And although I should never stop pulling up on those small things in the moment, what I've learned is like, what I may have done is be a little bit more strategic, pop around the salon, say hello to everybody, pick them up on a couple of nice things that are happening, celebrate, celebrate, and then be like, hey, would you mind sorting out the teeth wounds? Like we can't have it like this, but you know, it's, it's not the walk in, the direct and the walk out. And I've done that. I've made that mistake. I've, well, I think that's the manager's job. You know, I think that all of those conversations oh. is you speak, you speak with the manager and you, and that it there the manager is the protector of the team and mm-hmm. it's a difficult job and you know what it's the salon owner's job until we delegate it so yes. if you want to be a manager leader be prepared like those conversations like you are in charge of managing the systems and if the system is to wipe down the teaspoons and it's not happening it's your job and your duty mm to manage those systems and if it's not happening it's not the stylist's fault it's the manager's fault for not it's not fault but it's the manager's responsibility so Mm -hmm. as an absentee salon owner which i was and i made a lot of mistakes too and i i'm this i'm me and you are so cut from the same cloth sophia it's like we we can relate on so many things and i can relate to you know coming in and instead of noticing what's right you automatically go to noticing what's wrong because you care more than anybody and it's your name on the door it's your brand and you notice what's wrong but but having those moments of just celebrating what's right the, the building is still standing everybody's 
he's still working there, hopefully. (laughs) Got clients in the door and and just noticing what's right instead of noticing what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But tell us about Not Another Salon. How did that start? Um, You know, tell us about you. You said you won more awards than anyone in 12 months. Like you guys just killed it. And it was almost just like you built and you trained for it. And then boom, it happened. And you were ready and you were prepared for the opportunity and you just seized it. Yeah, I mean, we did. I mean, we, it's not, it was unheard of how many awards we won across like all of our different places where you get awards. Like, um, and, you know, we were in every magazine. We went international, like people knew who we were. And this is in six months. Like, this is just crazy. Um, but how we got there was, um, it took me 12 months from the day I decided to have a salon to the day of opening. It was a year, could have been a bit longer. That was quite tight, but the other year was good. Um, there was a huge amount of strategy from a marketing perspective. Why? Because I love marketing. Uh, there would have been a huge amount of strategy from a spreadsheet perspective if I love spreadsheets. You know, whatever you enjoy, you go towards. And I put a lot of energy and time into cool, quirky marketing ideas. I mean, when we first opened, just to give some people like some interesting ideas and tips, is we would... Um, we had like a candy floss machine and we had that like outside the salon. And then when people are passing, like we would do candy floss for them. We had little tabs on the bottom that says, does your hair feel like candy floss at the moment? Come in for free treatment. So we were like getting people in like so random. Is that cotton candy? Yes, sorry, cotton candy. No, no, okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure I had the visual. And that then we had so like, a, like a Mr. Slushy machine and we used to have that out the window. We had popcorn and we just like created so many ways of getting attention. You know, and so many people said to me, oh my God, Sophia, like, were you not know, so nervous of creating a salon that was so different uh, in this current climate? And I was like, I would have been scared of creating a salon that wasn't different because I was so scared to fade into the background. And because previously I'd spent so much time working with PR, like in my old salon, I understood how you get written about. You just got to be like different. You have to have an angle somehow. So um, the kind of coloring that we did, the vivid coloring, which we now teach in the academy, which you can go on the courses if you like. Um, and you know, I'll that- link everything below. So everyone listening to the podcast, I'm going to link everything below so you can follow her and get her courses because she does teach amazing courses. Yeah. So I'm an educator first. Like I was, I, I still say now I'm an educator first, a salon owner second. Like that is my, you know, that my biggest business is education. Um, and Same. as soon as people started to see like, People started to see like the color work we were doing was different. Um, What it was, was at the time, the way that vivid color was being done in the UK was in a very grungy DIY teenage way. And the way that vivid color, sorry, this is just from my impression, the way that vivid color was being done in America was a bit more cutesy, a bit more My Little Pony. It was all kind of unicorn. And I didn't want to be either of those things. I didn't want to be grungy and I didn't want to be cute. I wanted to be kind of classy. And I wanted to be like, okay, her balayage is pink, her balayage is gold, but she's the kind of the same girl. She could be the same girl. You know, she's not a type. It's not like suddenly I have pink hair and I'm a type, you know? It's like so making what, vivids more mainstream. It's yeah, like I wanted to make it, it mainstream. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want you, you don't have to be a goth or you don't have to be a punk and you don't have to be, I don't know, the unicorn tribe. You can just be a normal girl that goes to a normal job that has blue hair you know and that was something so what we did is we wrote so many articles um well I wrote so many articles like why can't you wear blue hair in the in the workplace and and challenge the norms and got people like aggravated and annoyed at, about hair color and you know it's 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 being provocative 
it's 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 changing the way people are looking at things 100 you're a disruptor and people throw that word around all the time and i did the same thing with pricing yeah it pissed people off and i got more hate than love for it in the beginning is this your hourly all pricing i did the price i started doing the price breakdown like three and a half years four years ago and i put a before and after and i put the price on it in big white letters <laughs> or numbers and I started that. I never had seen anybody do that before on social. And I started conversations and doing price breakdowns. So I broke down the $608 photo and I broke down based on time, product and actual pricing because I'm an expert in pricing. Um, and I had really great content about pricing and that blew me up. It doubled my following in a year. Yeah. yeah. Being yeah. provocative and being a disruptor, disrupting the norm. It's not fucking normal to pay a hundred dollars for your hair anymore. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. And it was annoying because as a salon owner and a stylist in the trenches, yeah, this is a struggle. We all, and it's relatable. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. wants bright yellow or bright pink hair, but they're afraid of getting rejected at work or they're afraid of get, not missing or not getting that job opportunity. Everyone wants to charge six, $700 for their hard work. That's worth it, but they don't want to get rejected from their clients. It's super relatable. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So for me, it was about coming up with all these little marketing campaigns ways. I mean, we became gender neutral. We were like the first salon to be officially gender I love neutral. It. I'm sure there was like other salons that did something similar, but like we were the first ones to really like make a campaign out of it. We shot it and we shot it with a picture of my husband with long hair. And my assistant at the time had a shaved head. She would uh. And it was like, they, they were by the side of each other, like gender neutral, like, hello, like this is, this is hair these days, you know? And that got copied throughout the country, but I encouraged hairdressers to copy it. I was like, I, this is not just a marketing thing for me. I've had my moment, let this spread, that's okay. So I think a lot of it is about really finding a way that I could stand out from the crowd in a positive way. Well, let's talk about, well, your salon and I've been following you forever. I've always had you as my mentor and it's crazy that we're talking right now. It's like totally amazing for me. I'm just obsessed with you. Anyway, sorry, fangirl. Um, I have been following you forever and it was just amazing to watch. And I, I love gender neutral. I believe in masculine and feminine energy, gender. I get it. And I understand that people are all different. It's a spectrum. I understand that. And it's something, you know, in my salon, I believe pricing based on time and being gender neutral, especially with haircutting and all of those things and to make an inclusive space. Totally agree with all of that. And I love it. And I love that you were doing that a long time ago. I love at your salon, everybody was welcome. It's, and this is what it seemed welcome to be whoever the fuck they were that day. Mm -hmm. It just, it just, whatever you're feeling, like express it in your clothes. You had people dressed wild in costumes, like talk about that. How, like, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it was I, amazing. I worked, so West London is like the fancy bit of London. I worked towards that part of London. So I worked in a really nice salon, not super, super posh, like not crazy, but you know, like a nicer uh, client base. Uh, nicer is a terrible word. You know what I mean? I know what uh, you mean. Um, and, you know, I was the quirky one. I would wear like little vintage 70s dresses at the time. That was very my vibe. And, and my boss was happy for me to wear that. There were some times where I went a little bit too far and I didn't quite fit the client base. So I chose to constantly wear like colorful 70s dresses that looked like little suits or they looked quite like structured. I still look very professional. But I, I, I always wanted to provide an environment where people could just 
you know, all those people that were not really employable in those salons <laughs> where they could go. And do you know what? It is my boss that gave me the best advice ever. We had a junior who was a bit punky and she looked terrible. <laughs> I mean, like absolutely terrible. She couldn't make it work. She had these piercings all over her place that were like, um, they were all green and disgusting. She kind of had the punky hair, but she hadn't quite like, she hadn't quite pulled it off. The makeup wasn't quite right. She didn't really have the budget for clothes. Um, I mean, she just, it just wasn't working, especially in that salon. It wasn't good. Like what the clients were like, woo woo. And as much as a, a, as a salon owner, you don't want to make a judgment on your staff. Your clients are. <laughs> and, it's, you, know? you don't want, and I don't, I, I would never want somebody to be like walking around and being judged but when like everyone can see it and they can be coached or helped to get to that look so i totally get it we're right. not, it's not judgmental it's caring about it's like caring it's caring it is and and, and you, you do have to think about the client base you've got actually and i do understand that it's a true. certain will suit, suit certain tribes i wouldn't and, have facial piercings in my salon <laughs> wouldn't now or before before i would just i like in the beginning i was yeah. like no yeah. I was just like, no, my ideal customer was like professional woman, Louis Vuitton bag. And this was in 2014. Um, and I was very strict mm -hmm. and then I started to have more girls come and they were great and they had piercings on their face. So I was like, okay. But then I had one girl and she works with me now. She's incredible, but she had too many piercings. She had yeah. two, one on each side, one here two, And I, I said, all I ask is that you take out the two on the bottom because the snake bites, because it was, her whole face was jewelry. And I was like, I'm just worried that a guest, like I just am worried that a guest coming in is not yeah. going, I want you to be booked and busy. And going back, I would never do that now, but during yeah. those times too, it's, it's time. hard. Time. Yeah. And I think also, um, I think what you're, it's not about your judgment on that person. Exactly. It's about the client's judgment on that person. And to be honest with you, sometimes um, it's about whether I think you're going to get me. So if I come in as a client to your salon and you walk towards me, am I, I'm not judging you because you can do what the hell you want with your look, but I might be judging you like, holy fuck, she doesn't know how to do beautiful classic set of highlights. Like, that's my, that's the client's impression, isn't it? Anyway, so to tell you about this girl, so we didn't know what to do with her. She wasn't really fitting the vibe of that salon. And obviously my salon's super open and this wasn't as open. Well, my impression was it wasn't as open. So my boss said, come on, you gotta help me with this. You like clothes, let's get in the office, let's have a chat. And to my surprise, my boss was like, you can do all this, but you gotta do it better. Like, I don't mind this vibe, but you, you, haven't, got, you haven't found that yet. And she gave her a budget and she took her shopping. And That's we found amazing. And we made her look like a good punk. <laughs> we actually made her look like a presentable, I can work in this part of London and still be myself, but still look client facing. And that was a great lesson to me of this, uh, this, this, this kind of middle ground. And yeah, even in my salon, when I decided to let everyone go wild, your shoes better be clean. Your makeup has to be reapplied. I want you to have washed your hair. And you know, I did get, and it really does upset me, I did get some negative feedback where people were like, she said we can do what we want, but she made us wear makeup. No, if you wear makeup every day and then last night you went out and you don't wear makeup today and your client is used to you wearing it every day and you come and you're like, your eyelashes are stuck to your face. No, no, not gonna work. Well, it's, you have honest, to wear it's honesty. It's what do you like, mean? 
it's honesty. Like you're being honest. You know what I mean? Like when somebody comes in and they look the part every single day and then one day they look hungover, they look like completely different and the guest is coming in and it's like, you know, when you go to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, you want the consistency. If they yeah. screw it up, it's wrong and it's pit mm -hmm. you get pissed and then you don't trust the brand. And as a salon owner, you have to put your brand first. And sometimes those difficult conversations, people may take it too personal or be sad or yep. upset about it. But at the end of the day, when your name is on the door, it's important to have those boundaries. And I love yeah. talking about this because even people talk about dress code and they're like, what should people wear? Or can we wear jeans and all of those things? dress code i like to say wear whatever and be yourself now you know before i was very strict yeah. i had a high i want a high-end clientele i want a high average ticket and i want our salon to be like new york in a small town and i was very strict on that and you know what if people didn't like it i'm not for them and as an owner sometimes you have to have those boundaries and you have to have the vision of the brand i don't think it's wrong i could have been kinder like i, I don't know but the face piercings you know i felt bad but mm -hmm. I just wanted her to be successful the same. And I love the story you tell about taking care of that girl and getting her situated and accepting oh, her, but helping her be better. I think that that's the most amazing thing you can do. But a lot mm -hmm. of people that honesty could be like hurtful or judged or all of those things. As long as you're doing it out of kindness, I think it's great. Um, I mean, if the conversation is like, oh, well, you know, cause I had some people that never wore makeup at all. They, that was their look and that was absolutely fine. That's but me it's, now. It's, oh, well, how can, how can she, no, 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 I, I love how fresh faced you are, it's beautiful. Um, but like, oh, how can she not wear makeup, but you want me to wear makeup today? And I'm like, because you shave your eyebrows off. Like, <laughs> like you paint them on every day or, you know, or you've been working for six hours and you've been doing this and now your eyebrows are up your face or whatever. So it's like, you know, it, uh, if you- It's a look. You have to be consistent. And if that's what you're projecting to your client, that's what she's used to. It's like, if you're a, if you're a stylist, it's like super chatty. And then one day you don't talk to your client, not good, not good. You could not talk to your client every day. If that's your vibe, you, you will collect that client base. That's okay. You can be a quiet client, but quiet uh, stylist, but don't be a, don't be a loud stylist and then be quiet one day. Like you, you can't do that. Be consistent. Just, and we are on stage. Yeah, this is really, you know what, it, this is really good advice, Sophia. And we've never talked about this on the podcast. No. It's, it's honestly like if, if you really care about someone, you want them to be successful. And I want people to listen to this and get something like powerful from it. The consistency that you do behind the chair, chair whether you're listening to this and you're 20 years in the industry or 20 minutes in the industry, whatever you're going to show up as that is your brand and brand consistency is going to build brand loyalty and it's you know that tough critique i one day i would show up to work i looked the part i had my hair and makeup done every day and then one night i got fucking trashed it was <laughs> halloween i showed up to work in my halloween costume <laughs> i had like spent the night out <laughs> it was really bad i didn't even shower i was in i had a wig on Oh my god. I don't I, I wasn't even anything for Halloween. I was just a different person. Right. It was so bizarre. And I showed up to work and my mentor, she was just like I can't have you touching service. She's like, first of all, you smell like an ashtray. Mm -hmm. Second of all, the experience that I provide my guests, you are not fit to provide right now. So you're gonna go home. And yeah. So. I learned from that moment, like it was, it was really hard and I felt really messed up because I had messed up. Right. And, and it was a hard moment, but I'll tell you something right now. It, I'm not going to say I never got hung over and went to work again, 
but it was a memorable moment for me. And I think that starting off, if you don't have that experience of, of training, and we were talking about this in Mastermind, there's not that many salons that are gonna take and train the way me and you were trained. Mm. A lot of people don't have that foundation and maybe you go straight from beauty school to booth rental and you don't have somebody, a mentor to tell you this. I think that this advice for the industry now is huge. That consistency, the branding, yeah really showing up and if you're going to show up with your makeup done every day don't show up a completely different person for your clients or if you're going to be chatty and engaged mm. leave leave your life at the door come on yeah. in and this is your safe place where you can you're but you're on stage it's a business and, and being a hairdresser isn't easy yeah I mean, the only rules in that, just to kind of close that conversation was like, yeah, you can, you can be free or you can turn up like a clown. I don't care, but like, I want you clean. I want you to look like you put effort in. Uh, I, I want you to just look like you got dressed up today. Like that is, that is the vibe of our salon. It's not really a casual salon. It's a like, however you want to go to a bar in the evening, that's kind of how I want you to dress here because that that's kind of what they're buying in. Exactly what you were saying about your salon, what they were buying into, the high ticket price, et cetera and what your clients might be buying into now. My clients want to come and have a look at you guys looking like, you know, looking like you're on an evening out, not looking like you shoved on your jeans, can't be bothered. It doesn't send off a great signal. If I was a, if I was a client, you know, I, I would, I would, I would want to see a little presentation, but. Especially at your salon, that's what they were, that's what they were buying. That's what they're buying, but you, you set a standard and that doesn't matter what it is, but you have to stay with it. Totally. My salon now at the network, everyone wears and does whatever they want mm. they do whatever they want but it's really about finding the right person who values being clean yes. wiping well, their face <laughs> you know what i mean showing up like washing their face before they come to work if they're not going to wear makeup just be clean that the mm -hmm. hygiene the real like awareness about like we're touching people and we're representing a brand even though they're representing their own brand they're under my brand so mm -hmm. really finding the right people to show up um yeah. and you know sometimes because style salon owners have a hard time with this i still coach a lot of salon owners and i still uh who talk about dress code and talk about brand and they're like well uh i don't want people wearing jeans and i'm just like if that's your brand, that's your brand. My advice to people with dress code and all of that is like, you let people be who they are, but you have a high standard. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I love that we talked, I love, we never talked about that in the podcast. And I just feel like it's something, especially if you're brand new and you didn't get that guidance, mm. you're welcome. Yeah. I love it. So let's talk about your education. You know, I know this is a short intro episode and I, I hope we do more. I just love to, I love collaborating with you. So I just, I feel that there's gonna be more in the future, but let's talk about your education, what you're doing now. And again, everyone, I'm gonna link everything below for Sophia, but tell me everything you've got going on now. So for salon owners, the biggest thing that would probably be helpful is um, the course called Inner Strength for Leaders in Shit Times. I, I wrote this a long time ago, actually, and I've been waiting for the right moment to bring it out. And obviously COVID happened and it was the right time. Although I really tried to make sure that this particular course was um, not about COVID. It's really, really important. This, this is, this is a, transferable to any time. And really what I, um, what I felt like I was missing the skills in and what I was struggling with was communicating what was going on inside me. How am I feeling today? Why am I tense? Why am I angry? Why am I, you know, the two emotions that we tend to talk about a lot, 
anger or sadness. Oh, I feel angry or sad. I feel pissed off. I feel a bit tense. I feel like they're so um, like blanket coverage words. They don't really get to the bottom of how you're really feeling. And I'm a, I'm a practitioner of something called NVC, nonviolent communication. And it's a way of kind of communicating to emotions in yourself and other people. And um, I use this technique on this course and it's something I've always wanted to teach. And when I learned it, I learned that it was, it took me two days and I wanted people to be able to learn it in two hours. <laughs> so my job, what I'm, what I feel I'm really good at is taking something really complex and making it super simple. You know, taking something that you don't have to read a whole book, but I can give you some like take home stuff straight away. And really a lot of that course is trying to work out how to better identify the emotions that you're going through when you're feeling really upset, sad, stressed, whatever, pinpoint them and find out what it is that you need. And equally, if you've got a staff member that just won't communicate with you, you know, you keep asking how they are and they're always just fine or they're just not giving you much. It's how to try and connect to them to find out what's going on inside them. It's just training that no one's ever given me. I've, I had to look somewhere else. Like you said, I had to invest a large amount of money and time into getting those skills. And I think for me, that's where I want to do more of that stuff. And the reason why I talk about this first is because it's my biggest gift to people right now is this course. Um, I've been doing my other color courses, my vivid color and, and stuff like that for a long time. But this was just something that I just felt like I was going to cry the whole time. Do you know, like it was just, it was very close to my heart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get it. And I think that, well, it's, it's obvious you're moving into more leadership business. And I know you've always loved that part of the industry. And it's really amazing that, you know, that, that first decade or however long, I don't, how, how long have you been in the industry now? Uh... Uh, ooh, uh, 16 years. Yeah, we were talking about in Mastermind that first decade and how important it is. And, you know, we build what we're known for, like I'm known for correction and all of those mm -hmm. things and, and blonde and extensions and you're known for vivids and the transformation, and all those things. And then we kind of are able to pivot because we worked really hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's something that we educate and we grow into and to see you doing what you love and to have those new topics and things that you teach that you're passionate about. It's an amazing gift to the industry. And I'm so glad that you get to do that. So I'm really excited. I'm going to take, I'm going to buy it. Um, I'm going to take your course. I've always followed you and I'm like an avid follower forever, but um, I'm going to sign up and take it because I'd love to. And it's just been so great to connect with you and get to know you, Sophia. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close out? I want to um, obviously honor your time here and our audience will get a quick intro and then we're going to come back and we'll do more no absolutely i mean if you want to just see like more of what i do um i'll tell you what is getting released actually was quite exciting so i just did the vivid color course um we sold i i, I, I don't even know like i don't know a thousand or something like it would just went like, absolutely crazy it's not been out very long i think it's because people wanted to learn vivid from me all over the world for so long and then finally i put it online people have like gone crazy but i'm just developing the bleach specialist course right now and oh, for amazing. me, the two courses have to go together um, because you know that you can't do Vivid without a perfect base, right? Like you have to have that beautiful base. Um, so what is going to happen, which I think is going to be really different with this course, is I'm actually going to have like several models being done by my team. And I'm kind of going to be going around teaching a bit of it and then 
um, and then kind of allowing the camera to see where we're at and then moving to the next model and then kind of coming back around. So what I want, I want everyone to see is kind of see it developing in real time. I want to see it going wrong in real time. If I have to redo a toner, I want someone to see me redoing a toner. If I, something like, I, I so often I watch education where not with you, absolutely not, but you know, where it's like a pre-recorded thing. And it's like, here is my perfect model and my perfect technique and my perfect result. And I kind of want the day to go tits up, you know, and I want it to be exciting to watch. And I want all of those things because the more things go wrong on the day, the more people can learn. So I think it's, I'm quite excited for that. I just know it's going to be a lot of work. So that's, that's currently what I'm working on right now. That's awesome. And you're just innovating. You're, you're amazing. You're an amazing educator, Sophia. You have so much to offer. I don't have to tell you that. I just, I feel like you're just amazing. And thank you so much for all of your time today. Again, we just did a mastermind live chat. It was amazing. Like it was a full interview. It was absolutely fucking amazing. And just to have you do a quick intro here on the podcast. And uh, if you do not know her, you guys follow her at Hilton Sophia. Check out notanother.com. Uh, not another salon not oh, another .com. yeah not another you're absolutely right not another.com you can see all the things i do well done you remember that so well yes not another.com and you can check out not another salon not another social you could check out all of her courses everything check her out she is amazing thank you so much my darling thank you and i will be back i promise yeah <laughs> thanks everybody Bye. see you on the next Bye. one